Welcome to Boss Lady Energy. Boss Lady Energy. Y'all, we got that Boss Lady Energy. Welcome back to the show. I'm Kristen here with my lovely co-hosts, Nikki and Courtney. What's up, girls? Hey, and just another Monday. We do this every time. Here we are. I know. (laughs) Same-ish, different episode. Just kidding. Um, So today's a really fun and exciting show. We've got a special guest for you who's going to tell us all about her social media and entrepreneurial career. But first, we are going to get into Girl, Let Me Tell You. Girl, Let Me Tell You. Okay, so you know I got to talk about a TV show, y'all. Okay, yes. (laughs) Yes. Listen, I started it over Labor Day weekend. It was being hyped, and I was like, okay, let me see what this show is all about. Clickbait on Netflix. Y'all, clickbait (laughs) is that show. I get so upset. I was telling Nikki earlier, I get so upset whenever there's these limited series and you know it's only one Mm -hmm. uh, season. How do they mm-hmm. move forward? Oh, it was it was one of those shows. It's so good. It's a murder mystery again. I'm not murdering nobody. It's just no. what I'm into, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but it's basically this show, um, not to give too much away, but there's someone who dies, obviously. We're trying to figure out who killed him. And, mm-hmm. you know, with it being clickbait, there's some catfishing involved. So if you Ooh. watch the show... It is every person that you think could have possibly killed the person is not who you're thinking. Like, and I'm normally pretty good at like watching a show and predicting ahead. I could not, which is why I enjoyed this so much. Y'all got to go watch this show. Like, just take three days and watch oh. it and enjoy your life, <laughs> just you know? Take three days. Just take three days. <laughs> Labor Day weekend, it was three days. But girl, I don't know when that three days, I mean, shoot. I'm going to have to download Netflix again. I'm telling you. Yes, please do. You keep telling us about these shows. Hulu and Netflix. I got rid of both. No, (laughs) do you know that Hulu is increasing their price? They're they're taking after freaking Netflix, and I'm so sick of it. Can we stop increasing the prices? We got enough bills, streamers. You grandfathered us in. This is literally becoming cable over again. Here's a rant for you. It's basically cable all over again. They're repackaging their situation, but being way more lucrative because now we got Disney Plus, we got Hulu, we got regular cable if you want to watch The Bachelor bachelorette or any other ncis or freaking gross anatomy who knows what mm-hmm. else is on tv nowadays and then you've got you know who we've got netflix that's now 14.99 they tried to get me back for 8.99 and i was like bitch i am not falling for that mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. repackaging it it's gonna be more than it is for even regular cable so exactly add all that shit up. and it's frustrating so but while you're at it go add discovery plus because my show might be on there one day and it's yes. only 4.99 <laughs> <laughs> Hey, get that discount. Watch a good ass show. We're not increasing the uh, prices. (laughs) One Starbucks coffee a month just for HGTV. It's okay. You don't need it. You You get HGTV. You get uh, TLC. You know, y'all love Say Yes to the Dress. Watch all the things while you're at it. But that's it. Oh my God, that is funny. Oh, Courtney, you and your shows. It makes me want to like watch TV, but I literally never have time to watch TV anymore. It's really sad. Sometimes I try to sit down and watch something and I end up watching Too Hot to Handle or something mind-numbing like that. So. <laughs> oh my God. I waste I watch- my three days on Too Hot to Handle. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. I literally it's a good show. watched. I like what's, it. What's that? Pawn Stars. I watched Pawn Stars like last weekend when Michael and I were at my parents' house. My dad had Pawn Stars on and we watched like six episodes. And Michael's What's like, this Pawn is the Stars? same episode, right? Pawn Stars? Yeah, what Pawn is it? Stars. It's it's a um, Vegas pawn shop that became really famous because they started a reality show there. And people will bring in weird, random things. And sometimes they're worth like thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Ooh. Like one guy had um, a bunch of the original stuff from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So he had like the everlasting gum drop and that was like a hundred mm. grand and a couple other things. And so it's basically they'll bring it there to get the money. They'll pawn the stuff and get money and leave. Wow. Um, so it's become this huge show over the last 10 years, I think. So we watched like six episodes on accident. I guess this is my girl, let me tell you, but I had a really cool girl, let me tell you. This is just a side tangent. (laughs) This is not your girl, let me tell you. Just suck me in. This is not my girl, let me tell you. Very interesting though. (laughs) But what is going on? Um, So we're going to be talking to our social media entrepreneur guest 
eventually. But my, my girl, let me tell you, had to do with social media. So mm. Michael and I have started a YouTube channel and um, Instagram for our, our renovation process of our new house. And we also started a TikTok. And we kept hearing people tell us, like, you got to put this stuff on TikTok. Courtney, you were one of them. Mm-hmm. You got to put your time lapses on TikTok. So we're like, okay. We're going to do it. So Michael edited a TikTok and put it up and it just hit 100,000 views. And like, shut, shut, up. Up. shut the front door. Yeah. Fuck. What? I know. This so get it, girl. Viral. Uh, She's gone viral. Gone viral. <laughs> viral. Oh, yeah. So that That's was awesome. really exciting. That happened. And then we went to dinner to celebrate because we were like, oh, my God. Yeah. Hold on, let me go search this now so I can add to it. Yeah, See, wait, do I, I follow you on TikTok? I've been I've been slipping because of the, you know, I was no. watching clickbait over the uh holiday. It's okay. Let me it's a, <laughs> I be on my but I be on my TikTok game. Let me go add I to know. this. Oh my gosh. Hold that on. That is Chris so exciting. Seven point seven. I know we were so excited. We were like, wait, oh my god, it just hit ten thousand. Oh shit. It hit Girl, it's at 107.9 as of right I now. Know. Let me like, ooh, come on I with know. it. We went from having six followers to 1,600 in like a day and a half. So it's really cool. Jesus. Very exciting. I love it. So we're like, got to keep it up, okay? Yes. Michael started freaking out. He's like, oh, no, I have a music career. The, I, am I going to be TikTok famous? I'm like, babe, it's <laughs> one video. Let's calm down, okay? Let's like, take one it video. slow. Give the people what they want. All the house they want, please. They want more Michael TikTok. (laughs) I I love that. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, I I don't really have an exciting. Do I have an exciting girl? Let me tell you. Uh, Over Labor Day weekend, what did we do? We went to Vegas. We went to Vegas. We did a lot of foodie things. So we went to the link and we um, wandered into this place called Sweet Sin. And Ooh. it is a dessert shop, you guys, that literally mm. has the best donuts in the Ooh. entire world that I've ever tasted. They're pillowy. Stop. They have like a strawberry glaze with some like glitter. I'm going to be putting it up on that oh. hangry girl um, probably this upcoming weekend. But you guys, this place had like this also like mousse, like chocolate mousse with vanilla pudding in the middle with brownie bites Ooh. on top. It had macaroons. Like an eclair? It had, oh, yes. It had gelato. Um, you guys, I'm telling you, like, if you need to go get some hot spots in Vegas, you need to, like, research if you're going to Vegas to do, like, foodie things. Like, don't just go there to drink. I know that's, like, I mean, this is what 30-year-olds do now. We look for the hot spots for yeah. food. And we're not, like, drinking drunk on the strip all the time. <laughs> not drunk on the strip anymore. I'm you look, look for those good food places. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I'm telling you, sweet I'm sin. so mad now. And it's at the I link. wanted yeah. good stuff in L.A. Why we don't have no damn good food? I'm so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go. With, Nick's gotta take you to some some good food yeah. spots. I'll take you some bomb bomb food places. Yeah, they better be. I think my my standards are too high. Being from Texas, like I know y'all didn't get to fully experience it because no. I didn't get to take y'all around. But Texas yeah. is where it's at, especially Houston. Mm. We got some of the best food, and I took it for granted, and now I'm about to cry because I'm <laughs> yeah. eating Wendy's. Eating well, Wendy's and not Whataburger. Cause we Whataburger got told to go to so Whataburger and we had the worst experience ever. But that's a story for another time. So Courtney's looking at us about to cut us. <laughs> let me let me clear this up in two seconds. A Whataburger is one of the best chains. Y'all went to a bad one. And you will not disrespect Whataburger's names. This is on every Texan in Texas. First is better, better than In-N-Out. Better than White Castle. Better than whatever burger spot y'all got. So don't go. We didn't, we didn't go to a bad one, Courtney. There was literally fights no. in the parking lot behind us because there were people, people were literally were in line, the line wrapped around. We were like, oh, this is a popping one. We should go to this one. We were like, yes. <laughs> so yeah. then that means that they burger. were rushed, that they were rushed. They were rushed. <laughs> you patty. said if they had Icy a line that long, then that means that they were rushed. They were just throwing stuff out. I have never right. in my entire 30 years heard that a Whataburger was nasty. The, um, next the burger was so us. dry it it like cut my lip. <laughs> That's how dry it was. Shut up. Uh, ooh, see, where was this? Was this in Austin? Was this in San Antonio? This was in uh, New Brunfels, so New Brunfels. it's not technically your oh, area. So right, please, okay. it's get out of here. Listen, if you ain't in Houston, Austin, or Dallas, I don't want to hear it. Mm-mm. So yes, try again. Outskirts. That was a bad experience. <laughs> 
But yes, we oh won't sit God. here and talk about burgers and food all day because yes. we really have a special person on our show today. <laughs> we really do. And, and I have to toot her horn. She's one of my bestest friends. She actually married me and my husband. Uh, she's known us th- for a very long time. Her name is Heather Pink, and she is the CEO of Pink Deer. It's a social media consulting agency that basically helps engage um, brands and influencers together. So basically creating a bland- brand for those influencers who want to you know, gain followers and a communities on social media. So without further ado, here we go. We're going to have our interview with Heather Pink. Welcome to Boss Lady Energy Pink. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> What's up, guys? Yes. Thank you for having me. Yay, welcome. Yes. Heather, it's going to be so weird calling you Heather because I'm used to calling you Pink. You know, just in all fairness, you guys can call me Pink. It's what everybody else does, so it's all good. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's call her Pink. <laughs> good to finally meet you. I've heard so many great things about you, but... Let's dive in because I hear you are legit a boss lady. So Pink, I would love to know what you think makes you a boss lady. You know, I think other people call me that. I mean, I just kind of, I had my mindset on something and I went out and did it. Um, I was miserable at what I was doing at the NFL Mm -hmm. and I had this idea and I went out and did it, which was create sort of my own company and I do have a business partner and I wouldn't have been able to be here without him but I think sometimes what separates kind of the regular people and and the boss ladies is kind of that action right going out Mm. and doing it and just getting Mm. after it and doing what you know you're kind of set to do I think I've seen and I've heard like even friends like oh I'm thinking about doing this I'm like just go do it you know and don't just do it but Mm -hmm. continue to tinker at it because even with social media strategy, it's not just about going out and, and doing something. It's, hey, actually, this part may not work. We have to keep working at it. And I think the perseverance of having to continue to work on something is integral, maybe, to being a boss lady. Amen. Yes. Wow. Oof. That was like, yeah. I did not expect that answer, though. But yes, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know. Nikki, Nikki asked for the preach. So we're doing the preach today. That's, that's what I'm yes. talking about. Hey. That's right. Tell us a little bit about your career path, how you became an entrepreneur. Like, where were you? What what were? You, how long were you in? Kristen, the we don't we don't we don't have enough off? time to to do the whole <laughs> shit. <shebang. laughs> but um, let's do the two minute version. Okay, the two minute version. Oh, that, that's even harder to do too. I'll say this. Um, like when Nikki and I went to college, we had this idea about being at these places, right? At the TMZs and the NFLs, and then at twenty three, we were there doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I was producing TV at NFL Network and I asked about an opportunity. I said, hey, we don't really have social that we're doing with with fantasy. Um, and my boss said, OK, do it. But you got to do your normal producing job on top of it. And uh, the person yeah. that was helping me with the project was my now business partner. And we just kept learning and kept growing. And the things that we were doing were becoming really successful. And we were able to build a department called social media integration. But we were doing so much more than integrating social media into TV. We were building a brand. We were working with influencers, all these different things. But at the end of the day, I think I saw a vision for how I wanted to help people. And I just knew that I was like kind of destined to for something better. And I think um, the politics of being somewhere like the NFL is really challenging Mm. Um, I played the game, but at the end of the day, um, I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to reach my full potential there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you always know when it's time to go. I was going to say, you know, Mm -hmm. you hit it on the nose when you said, you know, you were at this like big company, this big corporation. People have dreams of being at the TMZs, the NFLs, the ETs, the E's, the all of these things, HGTV, and this in, in entertainment and media industries, they're very aspirational careers. But after all of the hard work that you said that you did to get to that point, when did you know it was your time to walk away? Like, what was it for you in you that told you? Mm. Um, oof. There's there's two real answers to that. There's like the PG and the rated R version, to be honest with you. Are and we going to get both? <laughs> I want to go full rated Sounds R like because, it. yeah. Um, but the PG version was, was that um, when we were entertaining potential clients and talking to people, we realized that, the only reason that we would be successful was if one of us was going to leave our job and there was no way I was going to work a nine mm-hmm. to five and jump. Um, my role was changing my last year at the NFL and there was the um, a situation where, I mean, I was the most senior person on my team and I'd been there since 2012, helped to build 
that team and that department and, and a lot of the infrastructure that they have to this day still. And, mm-hmm. um, and an opportunity that was mine was taken away and given to the intern for no apparent reason. And that was the final sort of writing on the wall for mm-hmm. me. Um, that's the, you know, mm-hmm. polite version of, of that story. But sometimes, you know, like you said, Courtney, when you know it's time to go, it's time to go. And my last day was two days after Super Bowl. And I didn't tell people what I was going out and doing um, because yep. I just didn't feel like yeah. I just feel like I just needed to go, you know, and that mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. When you outgrow certain spaces, it gets uncomfortable to stay in a place where one, sometimes you're not appreciated. And we know as women, we're often underpaid. And so mm-hmm. I would love for mm-hmm. you to give some advice for the people that are stuck in those nine to fives and they want to be their own bosses. Like, you know, I know it takes resilience, but what was it or what do you think you have to have within you to step out on faith and do that entrepreneurial journey? If there's a female words like word for balls, like that's for sure it. But um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I I tend to make people laugh. I guess um, you know I'll say this: what people didn't realize is that when I left, like I had over 18 months of competitive analysis research, and I had I had a lot of things that were already in my pockets. And I think that that sometimes the hard part is, you know, it actually takes time sometimes to come up with these ideas and full out flesh action plans. And I think, you know, like I mm-hmm. said to other people, you just got to go out and do it. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean quit your job tomorrow. It means create an action plan that is super realistic. Hey, I'm going to do these two things this week. And then when I complete that, I'm going to move on to these next two things. And you have to map those things out. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a lot of soul searching in order for me to realize, honestly, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I think the only reason why um, or one of the reasons why I'm so successful is I'm borderline crazy, um, working in social media, you kind of have to, you know, I'll be texting my clients at seven in the morning or getting a call from them at five or 11 PM. And you just kind of have to accept that and just know that like my name is on every piece of work that goes out there, but my name is also on all my clients piece of work and I want to do the best for them. And, you know, Nikki being one of my best friends, she understands that sometimes you have to make this sacrifice that is just to no end, you know, like, hey, like we just said, Labor Day weekend, everybody's out having a good time. My sister's mm-hmm. in Vegas, da, 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 da. And I sat and worked the whole weekend because I had end of month reporting and all this stuff that I had to do that I put forward. And sometimes, like, I'm not mad about it, but sometimes yeah. you just have to do those sacrifice things in order to, you know, achieve the greatness that you want to. Yeah, yeah, put in the work now yeah, so you can that's kick really your feet up later. Shoot, I, I'm not mad yes, at you. Yes, for your future mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny that she so says true. that because it reminds me of that meme that floats around where it's like, I didn't want to work a nine to five and now I never stop working because that's literally what I feel like everyone who thinks being their own boss <laughs> yeah. is. Oh it's yeah. like this luxury lifestyle. It, the grass isn't always greener sometimes. It really is a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah, oh, I absolutely. mean, totally. And then when you take a day off, you probably feel like, I'm wasting time taking time it off. It is tough, for sure. Like, um, the first time I took more than, at least more than two days off, I don't think I took more than a day and a half off since 2018 until June when my sister came to visit here in LA. And my business partner's like, I got it. Don't worry. Don't check your phone. I totally got it. Um, and I, I think as an entrepreneur, I think that's the hardest part is because you're not able to sometimes lean on anybody else. And yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of people said to me, you know, be careful working with a business partner or do this and do that. And it's been my saving grace, mine and, and his both. We wouldn't have gotten here without true teamwork. And like, I know a lot of entrepreneurs are sole entrepreneurs. Um, mm-hmm. And when people said to me, hey, is this the right person you go in business with? We have amazing communication we communicate all the time we don't agree all the time but it's really important when you don't agree to figure out how to communicate in a way that doesn't hurt anybody's feelings or because I'm not somebody that takes that kind of stuff personally neither does he but at the end of the day we're both respecting each other each other's work each other's like where we're coming from on every single point and Mm. that's I think the beauty of what pink deer does is because we get to have these two different people from two different backgrounds and um so it doesn't not every not everything has to fall on me yeah 
I was going to say, do you even know what balance is? Because, you know, like all of us have our type A personalities. We want to get stuff done and get it done mm-hmm. efficiently and right and done a certain way. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have balance in mm-hmm. your life? I'm working on it. I think there's always going to be things that I work on. And I think balance is probably and it was one of I think if not my New Year's resolution about balance was, you know, success, happiness and balance. Um, mm-hmm. Even today, like there are a lot of things that I I listen to my body a lot. Like if my body is like today, my body was so tanked. So I sat down and I took a nap for like 30 minutes in the middle of the day. But then I'm able to get up and feel totally refreshed for the rest of the day and I'm able to work all night. And that's that's not necessarily a balance, but you definitely have to, you know what, I can do this thing tomorrow because I do want to see my friends. And I always try to make sure I at least see, like I make sure I see all my friends because they are my fan, like, like they're my family here, and Nikki mm-hmm. knows that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I wouldn't have such a, I don't know, I guess like happy or like even keeled mentality had you not had that balance. And you, you absolutely have to have balance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that actually answers yeah, your question, but here, that's right? to say is that, that did. Like, you definitely no, have that to did. Like, put the brakes <laughs> on some of this stuff in your life. You have to. You did answer it. You said, I mean, your balance seems like your friends, like they're your saving grace. They're your outlet. Like that's, that's balance, at least for us. Mm-hmm. I don't know about everybody else. <laughs> but I, I remember at Nikki's Bachelorette, Pink was walking around with her laptop and her earbuds in and everyone's drinking and having a good time. She's like, hang on, I got a call. I got a call. Yeah. You're right back. <laughs> so, but you were at the party and you were present and you had moments where you had to run back and everyone's totally understanding. They know you're a boss ass <laughs> bitch and you got to do your thing. And then you come hang out and then you go to your thing again. And it's like that you do. I do see balance. I mean, y'all tease me a little bit, but <laughs> we did. The I joke will say whole- like you got it. You, you got your own company. Your I own know. Head. But I know. Listen, but here's the thing: is I'm like I, I'm, I'm a good sport about that stuff. But like, the, you know, the tough part is, is actually like finding people that understand that balance. Because I've actually had even friends that don't understand mm-hmm. that balance, and they're like, "You're like you're always working." I mean, honestly, sometimes mm-hmm. even my mom, like, I went home a couple weeks ago, and she's like, "So you just came home to work?" I'm like, "I don't think you realize actually how much I work." Like, I try my hardest yeah. to make times during the day. Like, I wasn't yeah. busy during the day. Like, hey, mom, want to go to the mall for like an hour? You know, like, so there is definitely an understanding of the people in your life that you have to make sure that like mm-hmm. they know what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We talk about it all the time about how you know for the longest time it feels like you only have industry friends. You only have people who you are working with at work or, you know, who understand that lifestyle, who maybe have a similar job or hours that you have. We've talked about it previous on all the frenemy episodes and all that because it's really hard sometimes for people not to take it personally that you can't talk on the phone for hours or you can't text at this time. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, I do try to make it a point that I'm always texting people back or, or like if you call me, I will call you back. It just may not be today. It it may not be until (laughs) 10 p.m. but just know that like I promise I will so you know as long as you have that mutual understanding like it happens but it's not easy it's not easy when you have to have tough conversations with people that don't understand yeah and that's why I think you have low maintenance friends versus high maintenance friends and you have to know your friends like if you want to maintain that relationship you got to know okay this friendship needs a little bit more than the other one and then the other ones they're just gonna know like you can catch up every three months and they're like we're good girl what's going on and then the other ones, you need to check on that friend every week. So just knowing your friends is so important. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So you've been trying at balance over the years, but you clearly have been work, work, working because your clientele is popping off, miss. Tell us about your clients, what it was like getting your first celeb clients. You've got Akbar, you've got Paul. Talk to us a little bit about yeah. that. Um, okay, this is the one I will tell more of like an elaborate story. Um, when we first started off in the business, in, <laughs> in in our company, people said to us, take take clients or take whoever. And we took that to heart. We did take a lot of people that was small businesses. We made it a point um, to not like really be aggressive to some extent. We knew our worth. We knew our value. We knew why I quit. Um, and we didn't want mi- to like come off a certain type of way. Um, so we took mm-hmm. all these things and we kept networking, but we, the way that we built our business was truly to help almost everybody because mm-hmm. as a consulting agency, 
were able, because some people would say, oh, so who's your target, you know, target client? I said, anybody, influencers, large businesses, yeah. medium-sized businesses, small, like we can help anybody. They're like, well, you're not going to be successful. And I just look, was like, excuse my language, like bullshit. Like, and, and so we yeah. knew because in the past, my business partner and I, we created both brands and influencers. We've built them both. And that's eventually who, that's who we knew we wanted as clients. But it's just so mm-hmm. much easier said than done. So when we first started and we first left, we had a bunch of smaller clients and we were seeing a lot of things and learning how to be entrepreneurs in a sense where we weren't, you know, posting on a 200,000 follower account and learning some major things, right? It's good mm-hmm. to kind of have some of those things under the ropes. Um, and yeah. we were kept getting Season these people yourself. that passion projects, small businesses, this and that. And um, then the pandemic hit um, and we kind of lost the majority of them. We only had a handful that stuck around. But then the people that we actually were our target clients started to come to us. Hey, mm. we are now mm. need to be smarter about our money. We, we need to actually do stuff now. We need to change our department now. We need to, you know, and, and that's when like Akbar and I, I took him on a tour of NFL Network his first day when he started. And I produced him for years on NFL Fantasy Live. So we already had a rep um, before he called me up one June day and said, um, you know, when you have that rep with somebody, like, this is what happens. He calls Mm -hmm. me up one June day and he says, I want to work with you and CJ. Like, come up with a proposal, send it over to me and we'll talk. Because usually it's like an wow. introduction, simple like, hey, meet so-and-so. It's as simple as that when you have wow. that co- sign of kind of rep or, you know, and it was something that we built for, right? We didn't mm-hmm. build mm-hmm. to be aggressive like that because we felt like we knew that we were going to get the clients as long as we just worked hard, continued to network. Um, and that's kind of how, like, honestly, all of our clients now are all referral clients, um, we're very wow. happy. We're very proud about that um, because we just know that we would rather have our own clients speaking for us. So sometimes they don't want to because they don't want to share us, um, which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you build it, they will come. And that is what you've done. Absolutely. I need to start That's using amazing. that, Kristen. Um, even, you know, I'm like, yeah. I, I love baseball more than the next guy. I don't know why I haven't used it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know you say it's all about like, it's from referrals and things like that, but were you guys always, I know you said you worked with these little, you know, um, micro influencers, if you want to say that, or, you know, people, the, the social media boom, now everyone feels like they're an influencer, but did you, did you know celebrity clientele was the clientele you guys were always aiming for? I know you touched about on it a little bit in the beginning when you said that was what you guys were doing in the beginning before you knew your worth. Yeah. So our ideal clients like if someone were to have asked me point blank after I left it would have been influencers and brands yeah um but brands that were like medium size businesses because here's the thing is sure the Nikes may ask right to work with me or the Nikes or the Disney's or the Amazons sure but the thing is is there's so many more businesses from from everywhere else that need help, you know, yeah. from a brand mm-hmm. side. Um, it, so like in what we do with the brands is oftentimes different than what we do for the influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, but baseline, it's all coaching. It's all making sure we're doing the things the right ways. But like from a brand perspective, like we'd go in and we'd, you know, analyze, hey, this social media department actually can be a lot more efficient because we can do this, we can do that. This person may actually need more training. Um, Why doesn't this person have Photoshop on their computer? Um, You know, hey, what sort of eyeballs do the upper management have? Like asking those questions, bridging that gap from a brand perspective, but then from an influencer's perspective, sometimes they just can't do everything themselves, you know? And Mm -hmm. when Akbar came to us, you know, and I said to him for years, like, bro, you can do so much on social. He didn't care. And he knows, like, you know, we have our own thing with him. And and he just said, I want to put more value into my social. I just know that I could do something like you were right. And so what we did, and this is often sometimes what we do, Nikki, is they come to us and we have to conceptualize what the brand is or should be, right? Who is this person? Mm. Who is this brand? What makes you different? 
And then how does that translate into content? And that how does it translate into content is the sometimes the hardest part. Sometimes it's actually the first part. With Akbar, it was that was that part. But for most mm-hmm. other clients, it's how does it translate into content, right? Sure, maybe it's mm-hmm. TikTok, but how do I create it? Who's creating it? How often are we creating it? Those types of things we kind of help create the roadmap. And we're not always like we don't bat we don't bat a thousand, you know. There's often times where you know, we start it, we get it rolling, one or two things go off, like, you know what, forget the other stuff, we got to just keep rolling with that stuff. So that's kind of, so at the end of the day, but honestly, we want to be able to bridge more influencers with brands. And that's what we wanted to do from the get go. Cheers. Now, it's interesting, um, speaking of uh, Akbar, we know that he's on American Ninja Warrior, also uh, was just announced as the newest member of the talk as a permanent co-host, which is ma- major. Uh, but how do you, yeah, how do you navigate his personal brand when he has all of these huge networks that he works under? Is that something that's just like hush hush because it's in the contract? Or like, how do you basically enhance his personal brand when he has so many other things going on? Yeah, I think it, well, at the end of the day, um, listen, I think with anybody, it helps to have a team. Um, he doesn't always have to, you know, during, let's say, the Ninja Warrior season, uh, that's what we're on, we're on board for. We're the ones talking to NBC and their, you know, agency affiliate, making sure. But at the end of the day, like, we designed this brand for, like, a social media brand for him. So mm-hmm. when we're thinking about, like, for example, when he's at the Olympics, you know, we'd get, he was on a five hour show every single day. And sometimes I would watch it, but sometimes it's, I was on at three in the morning Pacific, or sometimes I would just catch the last two and a half hours where they would send us the best clips. And you have to ask yourself, like, does this fit his brand? Or like, what stuff, what risks can we take Mm -hmm. outside his brand that makes sense? Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. And at the end of the day, we always have to tailor it to like, is this, does this fit his brand? This is, and I think like you do it for the brand, you you know, make sure it's on brand, on point. It really is important, um, especially now with things like TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's so important. And that's kind of how we balance all these different things. So are you posting for him or are you kind of consulting the people who post for him? Like, yeah, yeah I'd love to know. Good the question. What is, yeah. Like, what's your day to day like with that? Um, So how we work with all of our like influencer clients are all different, honestly. Some some of them we have an agreement where we just work on one or two things and consult. With um, Akbar, we sort of help, for lack of a better word, EP his content, um, yeah. mm-hmm. making sure the things that are inbound go in on time, sponsored posts either go out on time or conceptualizing and creating them. Um, and then from his other content, like anything that you see from his family, it's kind of all a team effort. Um, but for the most part, we kind of play like quarterback. Um, you know, sometimes we're calling the plays. Sometimes we're getting them from the coach or from somebody else. And then we hand it off to somebody else on um, Akbar, like our, our Akbar team to execute. Um, a lot of times what we do for him is a little bit of day to day because sometimes things come down like um, you kind of have to, where if something happens in the morning with the talk, let's say that's a great example, um, you kind of have to have all hands on deck where somebody's manning Instagram, somebody's manning this, and because that's just how fast and furious it was. Um, but we, ha- we have a different yeah. relationship because the- here's the thing is, when it comes to social media, the most expensive things that you can buy right now are content and sort of like labor, right? Is social media manager. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these influencers, yeah. they come to us and they say, we want you to run everything. I'm like, do you know how expensive that is? It's so expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we do try to work with whomever when we're onboarding or in the initial stages before we create this contract. Like, okay, tell us your weaknesses. Tell us your strengths. Tell us what you're good at and how we can sort of fit in the weeds in this overall picture. What can you do so that way maybe it brings down the cost, but even the things that you do, how can we help to streamline that? Um, because we do understand our value and we understand our worth. Um, but to say that too, like I encourage anybody that's looking to start their own business, like researching the hell out of how everybody else does their payment structure. Um, 
which is super important. Some projects we do by the hour, some projects we just do a project fee. But for a lot of our clients, um, we do monthly retainers. Mm-hmm. Does that sometimes get us in trouble where we're oh. working more hours? Yes. But at the end of the day, the flexibility for our clients is like the most important thing. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of just like money in general, you know, women, we often have a hard time even asking for a raise or or knowing what we are worth. Well, we know what we're worth, but basically they don't know mm-hmm. what we're worth. So mm-hmm. how have you... Yes. How have you navigated that conversation in your career, um, not just as an entrepreneur, but in previous jobs? Like, ha- have you been found that to be a tough conversation? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I remember <laughs> when I was at the NFL, um, there was I was in the running. So I started there, like moved out here, started out here on a seven month contract. I mean, Nikki knows this, but um and then I took, we took five months off because that was the freelance gig, came mm-hmm. back, worked my way up to get a full-time job. And um, when it came down to like accepting it, I said, I'm not accepting anything under this amount of money an hour. He's like, okay, let me see what I can do. So they came back and they said, yep, all good. That sounds good. And I'm walking to the parking lot. Now I was actually negotiating with my boss's boss at the time and my boss's boss runs out after me. He said, I'm really proud of you for asking for what you want and what you think you just in like what you deserve, not think like what you deserve, because what HR was offering you was like seven grand less, seven mm. to 10 grand less a mm. year. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just always took that as something that's like and I guess like my dad is an entrepreneur um, and he's always said, like, is this worth it? right? What are you getting paid? Mm -hmm. Having an open, honest conversations about that. Now, um, me and my business partner are always in check, unfortunately. And, and, and how things are like how, what we were getting paid when I first left the NFL is not how we're getting paid now, just because our time is more valuable and different. And we have a lot of other things that we're strapped to that just take our attention. And those people, unfortunately, or those clients, do pay us more. Um, so sometimes when I have to give people the hard news about, I want to work with you too, but this is how much it costs. They're like, oh, got it. But good we for do try, you, like, girl. I, mm-hmm. I'm just celebrating over here. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like know to be honest, work. like y- you you do, but I will say like w- with what we do, it's it's not like hard and fast. You know, we do, that's, that's why some of like every contract of ours is custom because when someone says, hey, um, I want to work with you guys. We figure out, okay, what is it? They're like, okay, we want you to help us create, help us figure out how to actually launch our social brand. Okay, sounds good. Let's optimize it in a way where where we don't have to do like as much heavy lifting, but we can get all the information at once, create a device plan. So we're trying to streamline processes so we can help more people. But um, at the same time, sometimes like people just, so it's tough because sometimes people don't want to pay people what they're worth and they just right. think they can get cheap elsewhere, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen, so. under- understand that. My husband is an entrepreneur. He's a photographer. And the way people try to lowball you is ridiculous. It's like, you're going to use these photos everywhere. Please stop. Mm-hmm. Pay what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's hard is working with friends, yes. too, yeah. because as a makeup artist, I understand that very much so where it's like, can I pay you this? And I'm like, girl, I'm on set for eight hours. No friend discount. So mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. to an extent, I mean, yeah. yes, family, friends in some senses, <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta hold your, hold your ground. I will say though, for sure. um, it's something that my business partner taught me because there were times where people would call us up and say, Hey, I got a question. And I'm like, don't give them the goods. What are you doing? Uh, and so you might invoice. he'd be like, <laughs> He'd be like, no, 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 no. Send me an invoice. He'd be like, no, no. Like, Send that invoice. We, we got we to gotta just give him a little bit because they're going to come back for more, right? Give him us a cookie. Ooh. And okay. sometimes, most times, it does not bite us. Um, sometimes people take what we say and they're like, we really, really appreciate you being honest because that's kind of how we are. There's no other way. It's just being honest. Um, but sometimes, you know, I think giving somebody a little bit, maybe not necessarily for free, but maybe the advice that, they really wouldn't find elsewhere that you're like, okay, I'm willing to say this. I'm willing to give them mm-hmm. this little piece of advice. Sometimes mm-hmm. goes super far. You know far. what, too? Yeah. 
And also, no one can do it like you. Everybody's got their unique situation. So even if you give somebody a nugget, maybe they won't, you know, bring it home like you guys mm-hmm. would. So that's something, too. If you if you are giving it for, for quote unquote free, yeah, they're going to come back because maybe they can't e- execute like you guys would. Absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like the whole can I pick your brain is a very annoying question. But if you're going to give them a nugget, then eventually you're going to also send them an invoice because they're not going to know how to follow up or like, fit, you know, follow through with everything. Yeah. And you know what, Pink, speaking of, you know, salaries and money and things like that, I'm just going to, you know, if this is throwing your business out there, I apologize in advance, but I'm your biggest hype girl. We just had brunch recently and you mentioned that, you know, you this year you'll be making more than you did at your job at the NFL. And that is so amazing. Congratulations. Um, round of applause to you, but I'm (laughs) curious. I mean, I know your story, but for everyone out there who, you know, sometimes they don't, they don't have that drive in them to keep going. Once they hit all the trials and tribulations, sometimes they want to quit. What was it for you that made you continue to do this, to strive? Like what would be your one thing that you think got your business to this point? That is such a good question. (laughs) Um, man, I, I really don't know because the thing is, is you kind of have to have this like a combination. You kind of have to have this like Swiss Army knife toolkit, whatever, of all these different sort of attributes between being patient, but yet resilient and all and like consistent. Like you have to be all these different things in order to, to kind of continue to succeed, um, you know, not being afraid to end things with clients if they're, they're not the, the right fit. And I think being true and honest to what you want to do um, and continuing to always check in on yourself and your team, um, that's kind of how you succeed. Like Because I was on a team at the NFL that my boss never checked in mm-hmm. mentally, how we were, or even just how we all were, how we like things, what ideas that we had to change things. And... Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think, the tough part is that everybody and every project that we do things on, everybody has a voice, too, because you may not know. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like, I don't know what drives me. I think just wanting to to be the best for our clients and just knowing that, like, I took this risk and the only person that's going to end up reaping the benefits or the only person, like, I'm going to succeed is basically because of me. Like mm. everything's on me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like I would wake up days after I quit the NFL and I would wake up in like sheer sweat. Like, holy shit, it is all on me. Um, yeah. What did I just do? Right. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, like that's kind of also the best part. Um, I would do laps around people at the NFL. I still do laps around some of my clients, but sometimes I just have more clients that I can also, you know, put together so then it doesn't look like I'm lapping them too much um (laughs) so but yeah I I think that's the hard part um I think honestly too a lot of people don't want to put in all the hard work like Mm -hmm. I create all my invoices Mm -hmm. I balance the checkbooks you do all the little stuff but also you know if something isn't right you have to sit down and figure it out you can't just brush it off because that's not how you create a good foundation absolutely dragons i mean it also seems like those risks have definitely paid off as a reward for you which is huge that's not the case for all entrepreneurs so kudos to you pink uh but i would love to know yeah i'd love to know um you have all these clients what is it, um, if someone would want to be a client, what's something that you look for for new clientele? Because everybody wants to do something in this lane or wants somebody on their team to help them with their social media, but they're going about it wrong. You know, all the folks that want to pick your brain. Like, what do you say? Like, maybe some of the pitfalls that you've seen that you're like, never yeah. access. Um, Real quick, I will say I wouldn't have got here without my support system. Like, I'm mm. just like super quick and I will get to that because like, Nikki, when she was starting that hangry girl, she would always bring me over food. And all my friends, like, they did these amazing things and they helped me beyond, like, that they even ever know. Um, Mm -hmm. That's also having an amazing support system will help you get you there. But to answer your question, um, a lot of it actually, a lot of things when, so when we interview or when we get on an introduction call, 
we're really interviewing them. Like they think that they're interviewing us, but we're actually interviewing them. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out where's this person's mental headspace at? Are they ready? Mm. Because that at the end of the day drives everything. Like, are they ready to make the commitment? Yeah. Let me tell you, when you're ready to commit to social, it's like having a dog. It's like having mm. a, you know, uh, a mentor, right? It, it, it's having a personal relationship with something that is so close and you have to dig deep in order to be successful. You mm-hmm. have to. You have to dig deep. You have to build thick skin. And we are looking for potential mental pitfalls. Like, is this, like, like you know, we kind of ask ourselves, like, do you think this person's going to stay up till midnight to do something? Or do you think this person's going to do all the homework that we ask? Like, mm-hmm. it sounds crazy, but, you know, we tell people, like, the quicker that you get to the tasks that we give you, the quicker you get to move on. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier said than done, but th- yet that's such a elementary, fundamental thing that, like, do your homework, you get to move on to the next course, right? Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah. Um, it, that's how it is, and we have to and we have to approach it that way from a social media perspective because you can't just be like, all right, guys, we're posting on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. Well, like, no, 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 no. Let's 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 figure out how to do everything, but let's not take six months about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna actually let's stop there because that's actually really important. Social media, like it's constantly changing. There's so many things happening on every single platform every single time. So like when mm-hmm. someone is saying, hey, I have this thing that I want to do, but I want to put it on all these platforms because I have to in order to get my voice out there. Like what? how would what you just said, how do you choose one and go with that one yeah. or prioritize? So, yeah. The real two questions we always ask people or we always figure out first is like, who is this person and what their target demographic is? It is like... And kind of like what their goals are, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's who is this person, but like what are their goals? Like if, you know, Courtney, you were to say to me, I want to become, I, I like, I want to grow my TikTok. Okay, that's your goal. Like, who are you? You know, like, what do you like? You know, I, I'm, you know, I live here. I do this. I like to cook. I like to do this, you know, and kind of shaping those things because maybe the what you do actually we have to do those things to create the demographic or maybe you already have a target demographic that you're looking to fulfill for. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of all about like what the goal is, but you can't think of it like, and unfortunately this also has to do with kind of this pitfall. Um, when some, someone comes to us, like we want to have 10,000 followers on Instagram. I'm like, see you later. I'm not yeah. entertaining this. I'm mm. not entertaining this because they're looking at it at such a, like phallus way that it's like that's not how like we help to foster community and engagement because at the end of the day like i don't know if people know this but when brands go to other agents or agencies and they're like all right which influencers you got for this campaign going on right right they say oh i may have this person but this person has x engagement rate this person's brand is very clear it's a clear fit yeah they have ten thousand followers but their engagement rate's 15 percent Fifteen yeah. percent is crazy, and mm-hmm. I, as a social media consultant, would a hundred percent rather advocate to work with somebody that has ten thousand followers with a fifteen percent engagement rate than somebody that has a hundred thousand followers with a two percent. Mm-hmm. And that's right. something that the social media community, sorry, the social media community is now slowly starting to change because mm-hmm. it's not like hey i got a million followers i can do whatever i want it's like no but like what are you actually influencing like mm-hmm. yeah are you actually driving attraction are you driving engagement are you driving clicks or product purchases yeah. you know those are real life things that we have to face now mm-hmm. Oof. that was it that was it I'm just <laughs> i know I that was felt, amazing i feel yeah <laughs> We kind of talked about this this earlier uh, when you were saying like you it's hard to unplug finding balance all in all of that. But you know, as millennials, sometimes our parents don't know what we do. So I would just love to know like how did your how did your mom and dad or anyone react when they told you that you were going to step out and do this as a career full time? You know, I don't know that my parents fully understand still what I do <laughs> yeah. to some extent. I bet. Um. Like my like Nikki knows my parents, and so she laughs because that's the truth. Yeah. Because with social media, like so, my job before at the NFL, I was having to wear multiple caps. 
I was integrating social media within television. So I had to know production. I was working to creating strategies for our influencers. I was running brands on social. I was managing a team. Like there was like, I get why my parents were really confused what I did at the NFL because I did so much. Um, And then when I moved more into social media consulting, like my dad is a 30 year entrepreneur. His website is garbage and he does not use social media. (laughs) Oh. So it Harsh. is really hard sometimes to true. have that connection to understand. But, you know, the basic line is that we just help people understand the right and the best ways to do social media because there's a infinite ways to do it wrong. Um, sometimes the nitty gritty of, of it, my parents don't understand. Um, like, for example, for um, Paul Shear, we help him out. He has this awesome Twitch show every Thursday with him and Rob Hubel. And we watch it. We help optimize some of the videos and strategize where they should go. And so, you know, we watch it every Thursday between 5 to 7 Pacific. So when I have to watch it back home in Chicago from 7 to 9, I have to kind of like dumb it down a little bit for my mom to understand like, hey, I'm doing this because I actually like, like what you watch on TV has to be translated to social somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's how we have to do it. Like you can't just put, and, and that's oftentimes at the NFL, I was having to coach and break down because some guys would like, put that on social. I'm like, that's not how this works. Like, no. I think you need to know that. Yeah. Um, and they didn't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So it's often like an understanding. Um, so I think that they, they do know that. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of what we have to do is organic content. So um not that, not that my parents know what paid social media is, um, <laughs> even if I try to explain it to them, but they kind of do. I think not only the do they not part, understand like what you do, Pink, but they also are mad when you do have to do it when you're home because now you have the flexibility to actually come home. And when you were working at the NFL, you didn't. And so they were mad you couldn't come home for Christmases because those are high times for NFL and sports. So they, they don't understand. They don't get it. I know. The in the inflexibility killed me at the NFL because, um, you know, like my mom would be like, hey, so you coming home for Thanksgiving? I'm like, mom, what do you watch on Thanksgiving? She's like, football. I'm like, no. No. Like, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not coming home for Thanksgiving. Um, so like it was tough, you know. I'm like one of the biggest benefits of being able to be on your own is that flexibility. And I didn't – I missed Christmases. I missed Thanksgivings. And I just wanted to stop missing them and just wanted to be with my family. Like, life's too short. Um, my sister got uh, a beautiful little puppy, and I love spending as much time with her as possible. And Nikki knows how much I love to talk to her, talk about her, because she's <laughs> the cutest. Um, but, you know, I, I so like, life's too short, and um, that flexibility, like, but I do have to be here for clients, and that is sometimes unique to a lot of the pandemic jobs, because, like, Unfortunately, there's only so much explaining you can do to people, and sometimes you just have to do it. Do it. Um, yeah. So, like, with Akbar, yeah. um, you know, and and I'll say this with anybody, any influencer that's looking to create content, mm-hmm. like, figure out how to batch create content by a mile. Learn how to do it, master that, because batch create will truly help take you to the next level. And that's what we do for Akbar. Sometimes, you know, we um, go over there and help create content with his kids. Um, it's also sometimes hard to just it would be hard for him just to do content just by himself yeah um mm-hmm. you know without the kids so it definitely helps to have more hands on board especially he can focus on the good parts about the content and we can focus about the technical aspects of it so. i love that you you just broke it down for so many people mm-hmm. when it comes to social media mm-hmm. and so a lot of folks think that social media is an afterthought and it's mm-hmm. something like you said they think you can just throw it up and go no you gotta be proactive mm-hmm. with this ish like this is mm-hmm. not anything to play with like brand branding is such a hard mm-hmm. job i think people don't understand that so for you to break it down like i still mm-hmm. have questions but we only got a little bit of time yeah <laughs> but thanks for even what, taking the time mm-hmm. yeah Going off with what Courtney said, I remember when we were first starting this podcast, I was like, you guys, all we need is the content. And Courtney was like, no, we need a brand. Nope. Kristen was like, no, we need colors. We need a name. We I'm need all these things. Schemes. Yeah. And I was like, no, we name. don't. I just want to put out content. That's all I want to do. And so we were like, it was so funny that you mentioned where people's brains are when they're thinking about what they're doing mm-hmm. for their brand because yeah. everyone has this different idea. 
And it was so apparent when Courtney just said that because she was uh, social media. She's like, we have to have a strategy. And I'm like, we have to have content. And Kristen's like, what about a name? And it was just like. You guys, listen, you guys are all alphas and you guys are all in the business. So, of course, you guys all have your, you know, that's the cool thing about you guys. You guys get to bring your expertise. Like when, um, like, Nikki knows this, when launching my podcast with my sister, my passion project, um, you know, like I said to her, like, hey, we need to actually have at least five to six to maybe even seven pod, um, episodes in the bank. Yep. Yes. She's like, what? That was the first I thing don't we heard get too. That. Like, oh, that's yeah. a foreign concept to me. Like, so right now we have six in the bank and we're going to oh, do right. only two at launch. And I was like, hey, we need to like plan our next day. She's like, we haven't even launched yet. I'm like, you don't understand. Mm-mm. It's like this <laughs> roller coaster. Yeah. And it just and it keeps going. Uh-huh. And it's going to keep going whether mm-hmm. or not you're on it or not. So you got to get on it and you got to get on it the right way. And it honestly, it, like, and that's the thing because if you don't do it the right way, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and speaking of your pod, tell us what the name is, when the launch is happening, all the things and where everyone can find you. Yes. Yeah, so my passion podcast project is going to be called Unpopular Disney Opinions with my sister. Cute. I love Disney. It's been a Disney like Nikki laughs because she knows my sister and I are very different people. Um, we're bringing on all of also my friends that like Disney that all have spicy takes and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be super fun. We're actually launching it tomorrow. Um, Ooh. Tuesday oh! the 14th. Super excited. <laughs> yep, I know. We're, we're super excited. And our first episode is actually like top disney princesses not my favorite subject but we know it's like a hot (laughs) subject in the disney community so i am um, i am a stand for disney so if y'all talk about little mermaid's (laughs) trifling story then you just let me know i'm tuning into it i'm tuning in you may you you may not like what i have to say about that oh i probably will that's just like a hard tease you know what i'm saying i can't wait to hear this oh my god i'm so excited for this podcast Oh my gosh. Thank well, you so much, Heather. Yes, thank you. And we know you have to run, but everything. L- please let people know where they can find you uh, if they want some social media consulting, if they want some Disney things, if they want to just be your friend. Because you got all three handles. Yes. <laughs> I, I, all, all three open to any and all. Um, you can find me um, at HeatherPink27 on Instagram. Um, I do have like a Disney brand, and that's um, at Disney Pink Adventures, also on Instagram and TikTok. Um, if you need help with anything social media, uh, consulting, branding, you have questions that may turn into consulting, um, the best way actually is to get through our website www.pinkdeerllc.com or email me directly um pretty much if you put the contact me anyway it goes to me anyway so that's kind of the best way so and obviously our company is pink deer llc um i have to preface that even as a social media company we don't post that much um we're just too focused on our clients so i we're we know that we're guilty for that but (laughs) we're just shameless about like we don't post that much because we're doing something doing every it. day for all of our clients so now you need exactly. someone wow. to do yours Miss Boss Lady. yeah <laughs> we're almost there we're almost there <laughs> thank you so well, thank much pink you. wow yeah absolutely thank guys thank you so much i really appreciate it so that was our guest heather pink she is awesome such a boss lady very mm-hmm. strong and has such a dedicated spirit to her work and and just really loves it mm-hmm. oh yeah and i think that was my biggest takeaway and her honesty with her clients and just with herself about balance and and the dedication and sacrifice that it takes to become an entrepreneur and succeed in that is is huge and it's so it's something i deeply respect and i think i think we all after talking to her feel that way oh yeah um, honestly y'all it's the resilience for me it's the fact mm-hmm. that she didn't let what she experienced at her previous job stop her that she has yeah. a successful business that now she makes more money doing this than she did at, at a place that's a mm. network like that's mm. so huge and i think it's really encouraging for a lot of people who are scared to leave their nine to five or scared to try something new um yeah. she laid out all the tips on like how to go about it don't just jump don't just quit your job tomorrow because mm-hmm. you're tired of it have a yeah. game plan so I really I admire her. I'm so glad that we had her on and I hope y'all took something away as well. Yeah. And speaking on Courtney, what Courtney just said is like she's not someone to keep tips and tricks away. Like I know I am I know her on a personal level and we go out to brunch often and you know, we often talk about business ventures and things like that. You know, normal brunch talk and She's mm. never afraid to give me advice for free. She's never one to mm. be mm. like a very um how do I want to put this? 
she doesn't withhold anything, which is awesome. Like, yeah, she's, and it's not all about the the money for her exactly, Courtney. It's not like she's keeping things for her own benefit or anything. She wants to see mm-hmm. other brands, influencers, women. She wants to see people actually succeed at what they want, and and w- knowing her on a personal level and seeing her struggles, and then her coming on today and actually telling both of you who don't know her on a personal level and uh, all the rest of the people listening. It's tr- it's truly amazing to see where she started from and how far she's come. And I think that the praise that she deserves definitely, uh, it-, it shines through when she talks about the clients that are success stories for her. Um, so for me, mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, just seeing that, uh, because I do know her on a personal level. But, you know, one thing that I will say is that she's a very selfless person. She literally will give you all the tips and tricks and never be like, oh, I can't tell you that until you pay me. So... She's great. She's honestly mm-hmm. great. She just wants to help people. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest takeaway, too. One of the biggest takeaways is that there was a lot of wanting to serve others yeah. versus serving herself. It's yeah. not about, like you said, the paycheck. It's about serving people and the commu- the commu- creating community because we all want that connection. And thank goodness for companies like Pink Deer because they're doing that for us. Yeah, yes. and thank goodness for them boss lady balls she was talking about. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to coin a term. What's it going to be? Yeah, I don't know. We need to think of one. (laughs) But we will see you guys all next week. We hope you have a wonderful Monday and the rest of your week. And we'll see you all later. Bye. Start your week off with some boss lady energy every Monday. And send us your suggestions for future episodes. Slide into those DMs. And follow us on social media at Boss Lady Energy Pod.